0: That's the news from RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould, and your guest presenter today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's program, we're talking about prospects for the property market, which is facing a number of challenges. And after a recent mortgage policy relaxation. Under the adjustments announced by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, self-use home buyers can now borrow up to 70% of the cost of properties valued at up to 15 million, and 60% for flats between 15 and 30 million. The previous cap was set at 50% for both price ranges. The change comes uh, two months after local banks launched measures to attract mortgage customers, with some offering uh, cash rebates of up to 2.6% and lowering rate caps. After 9.45 we'll look back over the life and times of former top US diplomat Henry Kissinger who met uh, President Xi in Beijing last week. If you want to be involved you can leave a message on our Facebook page uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 Joining us now in our studio here in Kowloon Tong, we have uh, Hannah Jung, uh, Head of Valuation and Advisory Services at Colliers. Good morning to you, Hannah. Good morning. And also on the line, we have uh, Rita Lee, Associate uh, Professor and Director of the Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre at the Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Yan University. Uh, Rita Lee, good morning. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, uh, perhaps, um, um, Hannah, if we could uh, start with you. So, this, the, the relaxation in the loan to value uh, ratio for uh, mortgages for new home buyers, um, what do you think about that and what sort of effect is it going to have on the property market?
2: Um, Given current high interest rate condition and very slow economy recovery, I think government has been considering how to boost up the market so far. And from the private sector and and a lot of people speak about, oh, please remove the STEM duty, additional STEM duties you imposed in 2012. Um, But government was quite solid. They were very firm that they will not remove these additional STEM duties because they believe that current market adjustment is rather healthier to bring more affordable home price and they don't think um, they don't really think it's necessary to remove at this moment So I think this is a one thing, um, the the relaxation of a mortgage rate, it's something they can boost up the market and they put this forward for the, mainly for the first home buyers in the market.
1: So um, prices dropped about 15% last year, residential properties. um, Do you think that uh, that is regarded as a, a a positive factor?
2: I think if we look at uh, from December to now, which is about seven months, mm. um, the price index is showing about eight, around 9% drop. Um, and if we look at breakdown into two sectors, one is below 100 square meter, like rather uh, mass market we call, that's about 9.2% drop. And then a luxury market of over 100 square meter, they are uh, dropped by 2.6%. So it's not dramatic as what we think. 15% adjustment is um, from the peak of 2021, July. So it's natural adjustment in the market. But what worries us is really the the transaction volume has been dried up. Um, Given the high interest rate, not many people want to buy the flat at this moment, even for their home use. Um, If we look at the sales, the home sales, 2021 versus 2022 actually it dropped by 41 percent that's a significant concern in the market although um, this year have a little bit recovery of a 13 percent year on year but it's not sufficient enough yeah
0: this rather good morning hannah this rather suggests that the general public is expecting a further drop in prices
2: I think there are two sides. One hasn't bought a home. Yes, they want further decrease. The one who owned the houses, they want they they want to stop the decrease. Yes. So they may be reluctant to sell. They're waiting for the market to stabilize. Yes, correct. But if people rush to buy after the COVID, like two thousand nineteen, twenty, and twenty one, when the price continued to go up, uh, went up, they they bought it and they are under huge financial pressure because. They, their rental cannot recover by the mortgage rate because the interest rate is very high or they have faced um, the downturn after 2021, which wasn't expected. So I think that that's the the pressure people are receiving uh, at this moment.
0: Are they in negative equity?
2: I think negative equity condition is a rather um, not really big concern because the cases are less than 6,000 and that's not a big number if we compare with the financial crisis time. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, um, uh, Rita Lee, good morning. Morning. So what difference do you think the uh, change in the loan to value ratio is going to make?
3: Well, um, actually, the change in the loan-to-value ratio uh, mainly that they will affect those uh, housing that is like priced below uh, three, uh, 30 million dollar. Uh, because, uh, actually about for $30, uh, $30 million or above will remain unchanged. Mm. And then, uh, for the properties below $50 million, the mortgage, uh, mortgage loan to value ratio is like 70%. And then for the properties with the property, uh, with the property price of 50 to, uh, $30 million, then the maximum mortgage, uh, rate will be raised to like 60%. And then, uh, so that you will see that actually the mid-scale will benefit most, and then the mortgage rate realization policy uh, uh, mainly uh, uh, affects those that is below like 30 million. So it means that luxury properties are actually unaffected. And in fact, as what uh, uh, Hannah has mentioned, the luxury uh, prices mainly drop by 2.6 percent only. So that's why that they do not have got uh, some major policy that is benefit those like luxury housing. And then um, uh, because of luxury housing for uh, many circumstances that they do not uh, mainly get the financing resources from those like uh, mortgage. So that's why that uh, the mortgage one that they mainly, uh, mainly target at those like uh, uh, below like $30 million. Does
0: that mean the, uh, that trading up is, is going to freeze?
3: Uh, trading up is going to be, um, well, It actually, um, I think uh, the main issue for like buying a house or not buying a house that, that refers to the people's uh, whether or not that they are confident or they are not confident. Uh, in the future, property prices change. So, however, what we have seen is that the overall housing market is rather weak. For example, uh, by the time that we uh, read the uh, Midland uh, Confidence Index, uh, it actually stood weak at slightly about like 40 points where 100 points is the optimistic uh, uh, figure so per yesterday, uh, yesterday night figure so meaning that the overall market is quite pessimistic and then the property prices continue to uh, decline if you read the index it is like uh, it still continues to drop uh, uh, the lesser uh, mortgage rules uh, uh, of course and what we have seen is that they mainly uh, want to stabilize the housing market um, so transactions uh, remain uh, remain low because uh, actually everybody is uh, seeking and wait to see, uh, 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 see uh, uh, attitude, and then they would like to see how uh, the housing market go on, etc.
1: Mm. Yeah, do, do you share um, Hannah Jung's concern about the low trading volume? I mean, I read in today's uh, Hong Kong Standard that uh, some property agencies are thinking about closing branches.
3: Um, yes, actually, because the main reason is that uh, they, uh, if you look at the mainland china's housing uh, market, uh, you may have received calls every day from those like, uh, estate agents from uh, mainland China and then uh, uh, and then uh, if we uh, talk to those who are now working in Vietnam, for example, uh, like one of one of my friends who is now working in Vietnam, what they say is that well actually in Vietnam the housing market is also extremely poor. So uh, and then, uh, so that it seems that the uh, global financial uh, or the global economic uh, atmosphere is not good. So uh, when we consider home purchase, home purchase is not just uh, one or two year purchase, but we uh, for for those like for example, thirty million dollars, which is like most likely we may have to take a mortgage for like twenty years or so. So meaning that we have to. Be like quite optimistic about the future prices. We have to be optimistic about our job security, for example, before we make a decision on that. So that's why that uh, actually the um, uh, uh, the change in itself also needs to take time as well. So say for instance, when we have got this policy, uh, not everybody know it. So we have to. Uh, at least that we have to uh, let somebody, some more people that they know that we have got this change in policy. And so as like overseas buyers, they need to know about this change in policy before there is some kind of a move on that.
0: Yeah, Hannah, I think Reader's making some great points here that for most people, buying a house is the biggest single investment in their whole life. Um, and therefore, the mortgage, 15, 20 years, whatever it is, it's a lifetime decision, so the changes like this are quite at the margin. They're, not, they're going to take quite some time to work their way through. Um, the property market over is not just thing; it's linked to the overall economy. What sort of scope do you see for further falls
2: in property prices? I think the fundamentally, Hong Kong, at least, our unemployment rate is quite stable and inflation is below 2%, which is compared to other Western countries. We are quite safe area. But still, the overall economy growth is the concern. Um, government expecting over 3.5% GDP growth this year, which I personally think we may not able to reach at this moment. If you go to... Even retail market, for example, doing very good in terms of rental growth and retail sales. The restaurant receipt sales increase over eighty percent year-on-year, which is a good sign. But still, when you walk to the street, there are many shops already closed down during the pandemic. And over economy, the speed of recovery will really determine those home buyers' confidence level and um, whether that that will push up or not. I think that's the determination. So you looking
0: for a fairly soft market for the second half of the year at least?
2: Um, I think LTB relaxation will boost up the volume first, and then the price will adjust further. So um, in-house view, we're still looking at positive growth, but it may not be as significant as what we expected. Uh, how much of an
1: influence are uh, interest rates having on home buyers' sentiment? I mean, we, we have another uh, policy meeting uh, this week in the US, so, uh, you know, we could be in line for another increase.
2: Yes. So the US um expecting to have a July and September uptick again, but it won't be a large amount. It will be uh relatively minor. Yes. So... Um, that's expectation. Now I just checked the high ball yesterday was a five point two percent, which is really significant. And prime rate is fixed at five point seven five percent. So LTV relaxation helped the market volume transaction, but still the cost financial burden is a significant. And if we look at um, if and and the people were able to. Leverage this LTV is for their home use, right? Their own use is not for rental purpose. It's not for investment purpose. So, they have to absorb this. Whether we have a en- enough salary increment this year, I I don't. I I still hear a lot of ent- uh, companies are suffering at this moment. So that that will be a huge gap, and I I don't think the current high high interest rate is helping the market at all.
0: Mm. Uh, uh, Rita, what sort of timescale are you lo- thinking? from all your studies, before the market really uh, settles down? What
3: for the market? uh, Sorry, uh, uh, pardon, can you uh, repeat your question?
0: Yeah, I was just uh, expecting here a pretty soft second half of the year.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, From your studies, when can you see the market firming up? Next year or the year after? (laughs)
3: Well, I think it takes a quite a long uh, i mean uh, it, it, it will not be like very short time to uh, to pick up uh, the main reason is that the uh, interest rate is the mortgage rate remains high as we compare to the p p s uh uh, 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 if, if we compare to like uh, three years ago. And then uh, we consider that the mortgage rate possibly because the US side, the interest rate remain, uh, we, we have got a growth trend because they still want to uh, uh, curb the inflation rate. So that if we talk about like how long that it will take for us to like uh, uh, to, to pick up the, uh, to, to see the housing prices go, uh, uh, like uh, moving back to a few years ago, then uh, it uh, it actually considers a number of factors, which includes, like for example, the uh, the overall economy, the global economy. Uh, economy in mainland China because we have got a lot of the uh, uh, housing buyer, home buyer originally come from mainland China. But what you have seen is that the mainland China's uh, economic figures uh, it does not, uh, it, it is not good. Especially for those uh, younger uh, uh, younger generation, they have got a, a, an unemployment rate uh, over 20 percent according according to the official announcement. So probably it may take uh, at least uh, another two years to to to, to see uh, a better trend. But then, uh, uh, if uh, if say for instance uh, there is a, some some of the good news bringing from the mainland China where they have got a stronger growth in economy, and then uh, where the global economy recovery again, uh, then of course the the uh, that will also uh, speed up the uh, the recovery rate.
0: Hannah,
2: two years. Um, at this moment, I think 2023. Our in-house view is still positive growth. So, because we had a lower base in 2022, so we are expecting at least a three percent um, growth rate. And I think LTV relaxation is just something like we call it early Christmas gift. So that happened. That that will help the volume. And I think there will be some at least like inflational level of increase this year in terms of price.
0: Because this move doesn't reduce the price of the property. It just means you can borrow more. Yes, correct. (laughs) You
2: have a saving and then you now able to enter into the market. And I think you can leverage the current lower rate situation, right? So the price is not as crazy as before. So people take a chance to go in and long term view is interest rate will come down to the normal level, not as low as before, like 0% high borrow rate, right. but at least like 2% range, then that will help the, um, the borrowers' relaxation.
0: Of course, these measures affecting uh, residential prices uh, at the margin, What's happening on commercial property?
2: So actually, this LTV relaxation was not only covering residential, but also the commercial market. So all non-residential, they can also borrow up to 60%. But a lot of media just highlight on the residential. Right. So um, as I mentioned, the pandemic have uh, affected a lot of smaller business um, enterprises and they have been suffering. So this will help them to refinance and then uh, get some cash back and this is uh, something uh, we are expecting really good move and um, those are not really the tourist prime location but those are community area and community malls those are um, retail owners they've been um, waiting to exit the market because they couldn't get the tenant they they were the business was not very good but Due to this relaxation, they can refinance and then um, hold up for a while. And then we we believe the economy will grow uh, from next year. Then that will help them to survive. So it
0: it does apply to small commercial units. I mean, you're not going to get much (coughs) for 15 million,
2: are you? Uh, But I think the retail shops (laughs) value can be quite significant too. So anything help help for them because now no more rental concession from the landlords, etc. Right. So... The, the, those business holders who own the industrial units or commercial units or retail units all will be able to help. And when we talk to um, private equity investment fund, they were sort of leave Hong Kong. Oh, uh, I can't do much in Hong Kong because the interest rate is so high. But this 60% increase will help them to looking at the market again. And that's what we are receiving inquiries at this moment. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Rita, yeah, uh, a lot of people have left uh, Hong Kong in the past couple of years. Uh, How much of an effect do you think that's had on the market?
3: Well, uh, actually, when we, uh, uh, when we see those who live in the market, a lot of they are uh, like younger generation. So uh, a lot of like, those who are studying in uh, Hong Kong, they live uh, and then uh, some of them, they may pursue their study overseas uh, because of whatever reason. So these uh, actually are the uh, young main power that we are losing. Uh, but of course, uh, we also see that there are a lot of the uh, uh, younger generation from mainland China. They come to Hong Kong as well, so uh, these becomes a main uh, uh, major source of the manpower for which that we, 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 we expect in the in the later years. And then, uh, hmm. so uh, how would that affect our economy? That Actually, it's a, one of the major concerns. That's why that uh, uh, Mr. Li Ka-chiu has mentioned that we have to attract uh, the talent people to come to Hong Kong. And yeah. then uh, we, we have a lot of the measures, which includes like attracting those medical doctors, and then uh, some uh, some of the firms that they are trying to attract the firms to come to Hong Kong to, to open their business. And then, um, Uh, uh, so that uh, actually these uh, 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 the migration is actually one of the main concerns for which that it will affect our housing market as well because the housing market we actually need some people who are uh, who are young and then they 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 will they will buy the housing for a couple of years and then, uh maybe 20 years or 10 years of the mortgage but these people that they are if we have got like uh, uh, some people that they migrate to other countries and then the net migration is like uh for example now is like negative then it's a, that then that can be a problem but i have also seen that there are more people uh, on the street now as compared to like three or four months in the past so to a certain extent, uh, it is not that gloomy, but uh, we we uh, uh, but all these will bring something as like uh, we we may have got a a, a flat in the uh, housing prices change instead of like uh, uh, going uh, as crazy as before. Right.
0: And of course, yeah, people I'm complained sorry, like historically to- that Hong Kong prices are too high, mm-hmm. absurdly high compared <laughs> to everywhere else. So in a sense, bringing them down to more reasonable levels shouldn't, shouldn't be seen as a failure, should it? Yeah, <laughs> yes.
1: yeah except for the 50% of the population who, who are that. homeowners, yes. they're not going to be too pleased about uh, yep. a large fall in values anyway. I'm in that well, box
0: as well, yes.
3: <laughs> well, uh, uh, actually, when we talk about like the high... Price, will that really scare away a lot of people? I would say that sometimes it's yes. The main reason is that when some people they find that, well, my place is so small, I wonder whether, whether uh, if I live in mainland China, for example, in Guangzhou, now the housing price is about like $3 million, $2 million, you can buy a decent three bedroom housing. But if in Hong Kong, if you want to live in a three bedroom housing, maybe uh, in general, it's over $10 million. So that uh, even it has dropped already. And then, uh, so that it actually scare away this group of people. However, the talented people, if they are really rich, like for example, if we just look at those who have got like over hundred thousand dollars per month, medical doctor, lawyer, will they be really scared by those like high housing prices? No, they will not. So the main concern is that whether or not that we can attract those like really, uh, really talented people to come to Hong Kong. If they are talented, this sort of, like high housing prices is not really a main. Hurdle that, uh, that scare the people away. So uh, we, <laughs> I, I, I think it's like just like uh, if you go to Australia, for example, there are a lot of shops that they they are really cheap in rent. But will you open the shops over there where they have got a trip in rent? So if that is, why not the people like open the shops in like Causeway? Why do people open the shop in Causeway Bay, for example? The shop is like was very high, but people still go to there because if you find that the profitability is high, then uh, the the, the the,
1: the real estate rent still—it is—it uh, uh, is not an issue. Right. Ha, ha, yeah. So, so just just ask uh, uh, Hannah this because I know you have to go at uh, at 9:30. Uh, but um, talking about bringing people in, of course, uh, if you're non-resident, you still have to pay—you know—pretty hefty extra stamp duty. Uh, it has been suggested that if that were relaxed a little bit, it might help with the uh, talent drive and the and the talent search, uh, the international talent search. Do, do, do you have any view on that?
2: I think if you're a foreigner, you are maximum stamp duty of 30% actually. Uh, buyers mm-hmm. stamp duty of 15% and also double stamp duty of another 15%. Um, government announced, okay, you can um, redeem back that once you become a PR. But seven years is quite long, right? So a lot of it, like, even in China, the domestic residential is not allowed for investment. It's more for people, citizens, right? But they still allow or Shanghai or Shenzhen, if you leave there two years, you can buy. And that's something they want to um, hold on to those uh, foreign talent staying in the city longer. So I think government can consider those um, schemes instead of waiting for PR for seven years and then you can get back your same duty paid seven years ago without any interest. Mm-hmm. So that's the uh, one angle. Um, and I really agree with the Rita. I think government is trying their best to, to bring back the talent. We lost about 3% of our population compared to 2021 during the COVID. Uh, many reasons, not only uh, political reasons, but also COVID enforcement was uh, too too heavy in, in the city that they the kids cannot go to school, etc. So some expects left. Um, now 35,000 target per year new talent coming into Hong Kong is exceeding their KPI. So we, we are very promising at this moment. And these talent coming to Hong Kong will at least boost up their leasing market. So as long as I have a tenant, I can hold my uh, unit quite some time, and I think that that will help. So residential leasing market first, and then sales market. I think that's the government plan. Mm.
1: Okay, all right. Well, thanks very much for joining us uh, on our programme uh, this morning. We're going to continue the uh, discussion in a few minutes, uh, just after a, a news summary and a, a couple of announcements. Um, uh, Rita Lee is going to stay with us, and we'll have another uh, guest uh, on the line um, after 9.30. A uh, quick look at the weather, um, mainly fine, apart from isolated showers, very hot during the day, top temperature around 34 degrees. That's in the urban areas, be a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. The outlook persistently very hot in the next couple of days. Uh, Showers will increase gradually with isolated thunderstorms in the middle and later parts of this week. Currently it's 31 degrees, humidity 73% and the very hot weather warning is in effect.
0: Now the news with Ben Che. Mainland media say ten people have died and one person remains trapped after a school gymnasium roof collapsed in the city of Titiha in Heilongjiang. The leader of Spain's Conservative People's Party has claimed victory in yesterday's snap general election, which produced a hung parliament, but the governing socialists fared better than expected. And Twitter owner Elon Musk says he wants to get rid of the Twitter bird logo and replace it with an X. He's changed the name of the business to X Corp and says the logo should have been changed a long time ago. According to reports, the billionaire wants to create a super app called X, which is similar to China's WeChat. I'll have more news at 10.
2: Cannabis is a dangerous drug. From February 1st, 2023, cannabidiol or CBD is also a dangerous drug
3: under the law. It is illegal to possess or trade CBD products in Hong Kong without permission.
4: Also, don't bring any CBD products into Hong Kong from abroad. Trafficking or sales
3: of CBD products will be subject to a maximum fine of $5 million and life imprisonment. Visit the Narcotics Division's webpage on CBD for details. CBD, not for me. Let's stand firm. Knock drugs out.
4: I'm Chris. Life's like a movie. Everyone wants to meet the one and make the best film together. Well, I found the one. She's infected with HIV. Thankfully, I've taken steps forward to understand more about her. Today, we want to progress just like all lovers and soulmates. People infected with HIV can live a fabulous life just like anyone else. The more you know about AIDS, the more understanding of love you'll have. Call the AIDS helpline on 2513-0513
3: to learn more about AIDS.
2: You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233 88 266
1: and have your say. And welcome back to Backchat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And uh, we're going to continue our main discussion <clears throat> this morning, and that is on uh, prospects for the property market. Uh, that following a uh, change in the loan to value uh, ratio recently, which uh, allows uh, first time uh, home buyers. Uh, uh, buying their own place to uh, get uh, a bigger mortgage on properties uh, up to 15 million, they can borrow 70% of the cost. And between 15 and 30 million, you can borrow uh, 60% uh, of the cost. Um, we have with us still uh, Rita Lee, who's associate professor and uh, director of the Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre. That's at the Department of Economics and Finance at uh, Hong Kong Shue Yan University. Um, Rita Lee, um, we would. Uh, Hi, Uh, you're still with us? Yes. Yeah, thanks. Uh, We were talking um, there just before the break about um, the need to attract uh, international talent. Um, The fact that um, non-residents still have to pay this uh, extra stamp duty. Do you think there's any prospect that 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 could be relaxed somewhat uh, in the coming months or years?
3: I think there is some perspective uh, to relax it as well. So uh, it depends on whether or not that the housing prices is stabilised and then it will move up. But then what we have seen is that after the announcement, the housing price still dropped, the confidence in that still drop as well. So it's a both indexes uh, job uh, as well. So uh, uh, what they will do next, probably they, they will try to relax the, uh, the extra stamp duty for those uh, overseas buyers because actually after all, Hong Kong market is an international market. So the buyers does not only come from Hong Kong only. So you can have uh, a lot of the home buyers uh, come from other places uh, like in mainland China or other uh, overseas in mainland in, uh, mainly in the, in the Asian market as well.
0: Yes, I think this is a a very important point uh, that we sort of crept into at the end of the first half of the show. That is, when people are leaving, they're emigrating, um, if they're going for permanently, they sell up and take all the money with them and they go. Um, And to the extent that they're being replaced by new people coming in, which is what the government's working on, if they're still subject to this uh, extra stamp duty, then they're going to lease, aren't they, in the first instance, rather than buy?
3: Well, uh, actually, when we talk about like uh, whether or not that they will buy the housing, for example, uh, that is uh, mainly uh, mainly whether or not that they are like strong enough in financially. So, if they're strong enough financially, uh, even if there is an extra stamp duty, we have seen it. In the past, a lot of people still buy the housing in Hong Kong because uh, even if they think that there is an extra extra stamp duty, the housing prices can cover that increase increment can cover that. But then uh, when when they think that, well, no, in the in the future probably the housing market is like uh, it only has got like for example two percent increase, but then the stamp duty is like we have got a lot more to pay uh, more than that two percent. Then 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 that's all things that we we, we, uh, scare up. Uh, scare uh, them away so most likely is that we have to see whether or not that they will have got an optimistic view. Uh, towards the uh, the future housing market, about the housing market that they will they will pick up, and the economy in Hong Kong will pick up as well. Those uh, companies that they leave Hong Kong, they will come back. For example, Morgan Stanley has got uh, 200 employees that they move uh, from mainland China to Hong Kong and also Singapore. Uh, these two, these uh, 200 people, if they are like uh, for example, iBanker that is actually sort of like good news because uh, uh, good news to Hong Kong to a certain extent because uh, we have got like uh, maybe, say, for instance, 100 iBanker, if if four of them are iBanker. Then uh, they, they, of course, they have got very strong uh, financial power in terms of uh, buying housing. stamp duty, is it an issue to them? No, it is not an issue to them. It can be just like nothing if they are like financially strong enough. Uh, But the question is that whether or not that we can attract those like they are financially strong, uh, 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 immigrants uh, back to Hong Kong in replacement of those who have left Hong Kong.
0: So we're back to a circular argument, aren't we? If the economy is strong, uh, people are earning good money and the prices come back. But if the economy is weak, um, are we going to be able to attract people?
3: Well, uh, just look, uh, just, uh, uh, if the economy is weak, of course, the attractive point is way less. So uh, just take Singapore as an example, so we have seen a lot of people move to Singapore, even though the everything are rising, uh, housing prices are rising and they are now uh, number one in terms of the, uh, uh, in terms of the uh, uh, highest living course, uh, but they still attract a lot of people. So it means that the most important thing is that after all, the most important foundation in terms of our economy is the is main point that it attract the talents. So, if we can like boost our economy, we can attract the uh, tenants to to come to Hong Kong. That is the most important uh, uh, That's the most important point when we talk about like the housing uh, housing market, how we can like boost the housing market but uh, after all, we have seen that some uh, even though some companies are uh, uh, they have moved out, but we have also seen that some companies move back to Hong Kong as well. So and then some companies originally they uh they uh, before the pandemic uh they, they uh, during the pandemic they, they, they may not have considered to come to Hong Kong be, uh, and then now they uh come to Hong Kong. So if there's a case, uh, then uh, it depends on how well that we can attract these, like, these people and then of course we have to do a lot more promotion because uh, actually uh, uh, promotion activities or exhibitions etc to tell uh, to tell the uh, to tell the, Hong, the Hong Kong good story side that is also important because uh, uh, some people that they may not have thought of like to do investment or like uh, stay in Hong Kong to open the uh, the business before. But then uh, later on, they found that well, uh, yes, we, we should do that or we can, like, uh, maybe not, not through, like, business sector, maybe for, through university is also another source. So if some of the international students, they study in Hong Kong and then they find it's a good place, they may continue to stay in Hong Kong as well. Because I I did see some of the international students, the exchange students, that they uh, originally come to Hong Kong just for like one year or like half a year. And later on, by the time after they graduate, they come to Hong Kong and then uh, to to open up their business and then to maybe to act as a lawyer. I have also seen that. So it means that we 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 do we do actually need to try from like different channels and then uh, and then uh, boosting up the economy and then the housing market of course they uh, will
0: grow. We'll so if we if we're doing well, things will get better. <laughs> Seems to be the message. We need we need something to break us out of the of the doom and gloom at the moment. What?
3: Uh, Yes, so we have to do something that is like uh, at some of the attractive point because uh, uh, housing is uh, uh, is not a, a buying vegetable anyway. So mm-hmm. the amount of money is like still it is uh, it is not small in Hong Kong. It is more in other places, but it is not small in Hong Kong. So after all, the economic foundation is very important.
1: Is is there any evidence that uh, some 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 of the people who might uh, choose to uh, move? overseas for whatever reason would, uh, would keep their property here and, and rent
3: it out? Yes, they will because like some people that they would keep the property here because uh, uh, in the 1997 story before that a lot of people they migrate to other places like Australia and uh, Canada for example. They sell the houses and then afterwards they want to come back but they then they find that they, they have nowhere to live. and then, So therefore some people learn a lesson that is they migrate to other places but uh, say for instance they have got three houses in Hong Kong. They may sell out two and then uh, one remain in Hong Kong so that uh, they can rent it out and then if they want to come back and then they can still uh, live in that housing and then the two houses uh, by the time they sell is the main reason is that they want to finance their, uh, the living in, in, uh, in other places in overseas so that uh, some people actually keep that but then there are also of course some people if they only have got a house in Hong Kong they sell it out and then they just uh, move to other places as well
0: mm. Yes, I, I can remember that such cases that I'm aware of personally, that people, uh, after a couple of years settling down, they realize their economic prospects somewhere else are not that great. They want to come back. But Mm. meanwhile, prices have gone up in Hong Kong by 50%. They can't afford it. Mm.
3: Mm. Yeah, mm. a lot of people are like that. So that's why that a lot of people they also learn the lesson. They actually, I, I mean, uh, this uh, this stage of the migration is different from and uh, the previous uh, previous like twenty years or thirty years ago the immigration. Uh, for these years, they know that well if they move uh, move out, they they may have no job at all. Or the uh, the job market in terms of salary is substantially lower because these sort of the information you can find easily in glassdoor, for example, for the overseas and there are so many like. Uh, uh, Job advertisement, etc. That you can find all these uh, salary information very easily online, and then uh, so that's why that uh, for this uh, for this uh, this round of the migration, you may find that actually some of the wealthy uh, wealthy people they still keep some of the housing in Hong Kong, and actually there are a lot of the uh, a lot of the banks that they provide the service uh, many years ago already. So if you rent out, if you want to rent it out through these banks, they only charges you some service fee, but then uh, they will do everything for you. So uh, if there's a case, then you may just migrate and then you just uh, let your bankers to do something, uh, let the companies to help you to, to do the rent, rental, uh, rental issues. And then uh, of course that the rent that you will receive is, like, uh, uh, is lower, but still uh, you, you can find somebody to help you to take care of these sort of like properties. So it means that uh, some people will uh, do it in this way, instead of like they sell all the housing and they leave nothing. And then uh, by the time they come back, they find that well they, they cannot buy it. They cannot buy it anymore.
1: We, uh, we talked about mortgages, loan-to-value ratios, uh, interest rates, that sort of thing, but of course um, and the, the, the Hong Kong market is perhaps a, a little bit uh, peculiar, is it, in that uh, most, most hon- owners have actually paid off their mortgage, haven't they? So um, what, how, you know, what sort of uh, difference does that make to the overall market?
3: Well, um, mortgage is in itself that most of the people, when we talk about those, like, uh, not very luxury type of the housing, below $30 million, of course, most of the people, they re- re- rely on mortgage to buy a housing instead of, like, those who are, like, Ho Hong Sen family, for example, Stanley mm-hmm. Ho family. Of course, they, they may not rely on uh, mortgage, but then for the mortgage in itself, that uh, most people rely on that. So uh, that's why that, uh, to a certain extent, uh, this can... Uh, release the pressure of those who would like to buy the housing because of the they want to uh, live there instead of like uh, investment for for this time now because uh, for this time now obviously that uh, there may be still sort of like um, uh, uh, moving downtrend because uh, you can see that after announcement uh, price indices still still go down. So they, they, they have not gone up uh, after the uh, discount realization relaxation. And the history also tells us that usually uh, this sort of the mortgage uh, policy changes, uh, stamp duty changes, uh, not sure why. Every single time it will have got a downward pressure first before it grows up again. So that uh, the history tells us that well, we have to wait and see. Mm. Uh, and then uh, it is not like uh, once you have got the changes in the mortgage, uh, once you have the changes in the housing policy, then it will go up. Uh, just like the spicy policy that they want to, uh, uh, they want to keep the housing prices low. But then you have found that the spicy policy in the, in, in the past, if we do the research, uh, usually it does not work. Uh, it does not work right after, immediately after the uh, the policy is announced. It may take like two or three years, or even more, before the uh, the spicy policy that it, it takes uh, effect. So that, that's why that you may find that uh, uh, for this sort of like, mortgage policy in itself are similar, similar uh, rationale. And so as like the mortgage policy in itself as well as that, well, people buy it not just look at the mortgage and then people buy it not just because of like for example mortgage rebates, they actually look at, at something that is even much more uh, a larger, larger increment or larger for that they expect.
0: Right. So it's going to take time for the full effect of these yeah. changes to work their way through the market
3: yet yeah, exactly it takes time because uh uh, after all if you ask the people do you know about the this kind of mortgage policy changes I think well most of the home buyers they may also have got pretty long working hours as well they only by the time they see the statement the statement tell them well you have to pay like uh, two thousand dollars more for the for the mortgage rate and they know that oh uh, well well there's that, a that kind of changes a lot of people uh, lot of people in Hong Kong they may not have really have got the time to, to read the news so the news in itself that they also need to take some time in order to have got some effect as well. And then after all, the mortgage, uh, uh, the, uh, how well that this mortgage policy that will bring to the signal to the economy, it also, uh, it also needs to couple with other uh, economic factors. Mm.
1: Mm. Okay, well, thank you uh, very much for speaking to us uh, on the programme this morning about uh, those uh, prospects uh, for the property market and uh, changes in the uh, loan-to-value ratio for mortgages and so on. Uh, That was Rita Lee you were listening to, who's uh, Associate Professor and Director of the Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre at the Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Yan University. And uh, before 9.30, we also heard from Hannah Jung, Head of Valuation and Advisory Services at Collier's. Don't go away, because uh, for the last uh, 10 minutes or so of this morning's programme, uh, we will be having a look at the life and times of Henry Kissinger. 95 years of
2: public service broadcast. broadcasting. Stay tuned, Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Kong. I'm Gilly of Consumer Council. Happy birthday, RTHK, for your 95th anniversary. May I wish you always filled with positive energy, continue to discover and report accurate, impartial and objective consumer news for consumers to shop smartly every day.
1: 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 Stay, years. Tuned Stay, tuned. Stay, tuned. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hong Kong. And we're joined uh, on the line now by Alan Lung, who's a co-convener international and a board member of the Path of Democracy think tank. Uh, Good morning to you morning. Thanks very much for joining us, uh, Alan Long. So, so, Henry Kissinger—he turned 100 this year. Um, um, quite an extraordinary figure, uh, a, a sort of great figure, if you like, of, uh, of, uh, 20th, of the 20th century as well. So, um, he's just been—he's uh, been in Beijing. He had a meeting uh, with uh, President Xi. Um, uh, how significant uh, a figure is uh, Henry Kissinger?
4: Well, the meeting was historical. Mm. He was received at uh, Villa Number no. Five at the Qutai State, State Gets House, and that, that was where he first met John Lai fifty-two years ago. Mm. And he's not known for open dip- diplomacy. You know, he he disappeared uh, in nineteen seventy-one in Pakistan, and then was flown to uh, to Beijing on the presidential plane of uh, the Pakistan President. And there was a time when there was a war was going on between U.S.S.R. and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, U.S. And China was there to check U.S.S.R. And this is one, one of the two most significant diplomatic events that happened to China. The first one uh, is this, this is 32 years ago, which eventually led to uh, China joining the U.N. and uh, Taiwan being expelled. The other one is, of course, uh, China joining WTO in two thousand and one, mm. and after that, China's economy simply took off to uh, nobody could 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 imagine. Mm.
0: Mm. Um, I thought the uh, optics of this were uh, really very interesting because of the contrast re- uh, reception of the other senior American officials, who, of course, still hold house whereas Henry is uh, retired
4: yes the uh, the the White House keeps saying uh, Kissinger does not represent the U.S. government but you really know you really do not know if he brought a message from the current U.S. administration to China and after all he's the only one who has access to China and the uh, U.S. government actually tried to uh, to meet uh, Li Xianfok the defense minister and uh, the U.S. defense minister was refused, and uh, they keep saying we don't own Kissinger. But uh, the uh, John Kirby, the uh, National, Security Vice, uh, National Security Council spokesman, said, "We look forward to hearing from uh, Secretary Kissinger, who was referred to as Secretary Kissinger, when he returns to hear what he heard." And what he learned and what he saw, mm. so you really don't know if if he carries a message from two from both sides. But after all, he's the only one who has access.
0: Yes, that I think that's a critical point, isn't it? Um, yeah. He could have had a message from Joe Biden, despite all the downplaying of uh, he's not an official, blah 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 blah. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> he's got access to the president, whereas your officials, some of them don't don't get to meet him at all, however senior they are, or they're put in their place. I think uh, Tony Blinken was on the other side of the table with his Chinese counterpart, and then President Xi sat at the head of the table because, of course, he's a secretary of state. He's not a head of state.
4: Well, of course, uh, Kissinger compared to uh, to Blinken is almost like a senior university professor and talking to, uh, compared to a kindergarten kid, uh, all this history and his experience in balancing the world for Nixon right. 50 years ago. And so he's he's an you know, extraordinary figure in, in his times.
0: And the Americans still, uh, this, and this puzzles me, uh, still seem to struggle with the idea that if you sanction a senior official in mainland or in Hong Kong, for that matter, nonetheless you still expect that person to connect with you and and uh, speak with you and address you. Um, so, in a sense, Kissinger, being uh, informal, um, he he could get the, meet the defense minister, whereas the defense secretary in the states cannot.
4: Well, this is this is a China never forgets a friend. Remember, Kissinger was the one who brought China into the United Nations. And his status is, of course, different from anyone in the current administration. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, Kissinger described Nixon's foreign policy. This is the president that he served as his strategy was equilibrium. Uh, That's how he described it. You know, this is how... He balanced not just China-U.S. relationship. He balanced many, many relationships in his times as uh, Secretary of State, which is the Foreign Secretary of the U.S. Mm. And the, of course, you know that the U.S. and China is not just out of balance. It's moving towards a cold war and on, on the edge of a hot war. And he could be the one who changed... Uh, the trajectory, or the uh, of this uh, very downward path of U.S.-China relationship. And I think finally, it could be after Yellen's visit. Yellen is, of course, uh, more realistic than the uh, than the uh, Secretary of State in the real real relationship between China and U.S. And and financially, U.S. is in such a weak position. Uh, China has been dumping. Uh, national dre- uh, national debt, of the U.S. Treasury, from a peak of uh, I-, I forgot how many trillion, uh, it dumped about forty percent, and Japan took it up. And Yellen was probably in U.S. telling China, uh, in China, telling them or asking them not to dump anymore and maybe buy some more U.S. debt, so that U.S. Uh, can finance its uh, infrastructure building, but. Well, how can you ask China to, to do that while you're sanctioning left and right and, uh, and uh, sort of embargo, uh, blocking all the technology and, and so on? No, no, this, this is towards not the balancing or more towards a mutual suicidal thing. Right. And somebody has got to put uh, uh, U.S. foreign policy to back to reality. Mm.
1: Like, like you say, he was um, uh, Kissinger was uh, Richard Nixon's uh, Secretary of State uh, fifty years ago. Now we're going we're going back fifty years. I mean, um, just uh, apart from uh, the the change, obviously in U.S. China relations at that time. How, what do you think Kissinger's uh, legacy is going to be regarding uh, the the U.S. Uh, internationally? Well,
4: Kissinger is the uh, ultimate. Real politics guy. Real politics <clears throat> is a German word for a pragmatic approach yeah. to uh, politics, and he shaped basically shaped the world order while in while in office. He negotiated the exit of the uh, U.S. from uh, Vietnam War and ended the Vietnam War, and won a no- Nobel Peace Prize controversially. And he said uh, one of his famous quotes was europe could sleepwalk into world war three as it did in world war, world war one oh, yeah. it seems that uh, with what's happening in europe ukraine and so on europe is doing almost doing the same thing so his trip to china not just does not have doesn't just have implication on china-us relationship It could bring uh, principally u.s uh, international strategy back to a more normal Way, right. including uh, uh, you know, not doing stupid things in Europe, and then put uh, the world back to a path of you know norm, normal n- normalcy, uh, such as dealing the the dealing with the climate change and so on. But you can't, you cannot, U.S. cannot ask China we'll cooperate with with uh, with us on climate change, but we'll keep sanctioning you and 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 stopping your economic development and and you know. China is not the same China 50 years ago. Remember 50, 50 years ago, China was still steep, deep in this uh, cultural revolution. China was in a really, really poor state. Yes. And it, and it was not until uh, uh, Deng Xiaoping's southern visit uh, after his reform and opening. It took him a long time to get it off, off, get this reform and opening off the ground. He visited Shenzhen uh, in 1992 and urged all the cadre, do it or else, you know, <laughs> open up or else. Yes. And then China really took off after it joined, the uh, Chinese economy really took off after it joined the world of uh, uh, WTO in 2001. And it's an economic miracle nobody could imagine. It was only 20-something years ago. Right,
0: mm. Alan, if you had been President G- Biden, what message would you have asked Kissinger to take to Beijing
4: uh, Biden Biden when he's awake uh, he will he will ask oh, I have a couple of immediate problems I need to solve one of them is this what they call thumping you know this jet intercepting the reconnaissance plane of the US yes and China will keep doing it and China the US keep wanting oh let's talk Let's talk about the rule of engagement. And they, you know, China, if you don't come there, we, we don't have to intercept you. <laughs> but you call this freedom of navigation. But this is, you, 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 you're taking a plane full of of reconnaissance equipment and people and fly past, past the coast. Let's do it on your, on, your, on, your, on your coast. And, you know, this is not fair. Right. And so then,
0: what message yeah. would you have, uh, uh, hope to get in the opposite direction? From President Z back to the U.S. establishment via Henry.
4: Well, the, uh, he will simply explain China's long-standing position. He doesn't. China doesn't want war or even dominance or the, the uh, replace the U.S. in any way. China just wants economic growth. So le- let's work out something. I mean, the the the, the uh, 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 Kissinger can talk nicely to the to the chinese uh wang yi or or, or presidency because they're both very pragmatic in their policy they both believe in real politics mm-hmm. and this is why both uh, uh china and uh kissinger get, aw- get along very well with somebody like uh, angela merkel who's okay. a realist and uh real real politic person okay. and then Alan
1: Lung, so I'm sorry to cut you off we're, we're, we're out of time but, uh, but, but thanks very much for joining us uh, on the programme this morning That's, uh, um, Alan Lung, uh, co-convener, international and uh, board member of the Path of Democracy Think Tank uh, thanks to our listeners uh, uh, thanks to our uh, producer Raphael and thanks very much to Mike Rouse Really interesting show on okay. two completely different subjects uh, Right, see you next week